Welcome back to the Equipoise Podcast. Today's episode, If It Ain't Broke. This might seem like an unorthodox way to launch into the content of this mini-series, but I thought I'd address it early. Do we even need a new translation? Because if the answer is no, then I'm fairly certain we can just skip these next 10 episodes and move on to some cool and fun stuff like tattoos and tobacco. But seriously, do we need a new translation? I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Why try to reinvent the wheel? The King James Version was good enough for my dad and his dad and his dad, so shouldn't it stand to reason that it's good enough for us too? After all, as one random pastor on the internet said, I'd prefer a smarter Christian than a dumber Bible. I mean, sure, you may have to grab a Webster's 1828 dictionary and, if you're really stuck, a Strong's Concordance or a book explaining the archaic terms in the KJV. But shouldn't we be okay with that, with studying to show ourselves approved unto God? Well, The jarringly violent misapplication of that Bible verse notwithstanding, which we'll deal with in a little bit, my task in this episode is as follows. At the risk of being accused of laziness and dumbing down the Bible, I submit that we need a Bible translation written in today's vernacular. In short, we shouldn't have to retranslate the translation we're reading in order to understand it. To the end of making a case for this, I'm going to dispel the myths surrounding the King James Version's supposed readability level, and then I'll demonstrate that there are areas of opportunity for improvement in the realm of clarity, particularly when dealing with syntactical and lexicological changes over time. It's my position that there are also some areas of opportunity for improvement in the realm of accuracy, but that's for another week. To begin... It's been oft-repeated that we don't need a new translation because the King James Version was written on a fifth-grade reading level. Have you heard that? I have. Sometimes coupled with this claim is the anecdotal assertion like, well, my four-year-old reads it just fine. While it's certainly possible that a well-educated child can understand much of what they're reading in the King James Version, even at a very young age, that's not at all my point of contention here. What I'm looking to do is disabuse you of the fallacious notion that the King James Version of the Bible was written to be read and understood at a fifth grade reading level. To do this, I'm going to demonstrate the erroneous data that inform said claim. So how did we come up with that fifth grade reading level statistic anyways? Did we get all the school children in the world together and make a cutoff between fourth and fifth grade when the fifth graders read it just fine, but the fourth graders went cross-eyed and started drooling and stammering? What, What happened there? Well, you won't be surprised to learn that the statistic was formed using computers, of course. You see, there are computational models for everything, and some are better than others. For instance, there's computational models to estimate how to sling a rocket full of people from one moving celestial orb to another and back. Uh, That's a good model. But there's also some things that models can't do well. To quote Ida Marie S. Lawson, writing for dataethics.eu, Human ability to think in the whole can never pass on to the computer whose language is binary encoding of data, end quote. In a piece written by co-authors and doctors Paula J. Schwanenflugel and Nancy Flanagan Knapp for Psychology Today, the following was stated. Because reading levels are often reported very precisely, one might think that measuring the readability of a text was an exact agreed-upon science. Nothing could be further from the truth. Specific formulas and differing emphases of various measures can result in very different reading levels for a single text. 
end quote. Then they presented no less than seven different reading level tests for the exact same book, and the results ranged from 5.6 all the way to 8.0. Their conclusion, based on this and many other tests, was that, quote, none of these scales can measure the readability of a text. That didn't stop one Gail Ripplinger, however, from citing one of these aforementioned tests, the Flesh Kincaid, to assert that the King James Version was written on a fifth grade reading level on page 196 of her book, New Age Bible Versions. This particular test essentially looks at syllables per word and words per sentence to determine how easy something is to read. So I ran a Flesh Kincaid test of my own. I looked up some archaic but short words and used them to form a short sentence and plugged it into the computer. It ended up scoring, as expected, a grade level of 1.3 on the Flesh Kincaid scale. The sentence read, A bane to wane and wheel is doit and doxy. These are actual English words that just haven't been used in a few hundred years. Today we might say, a wasteful lifestyle leads to having nothing to show for it. That sentence, however, garnered a grade level of 6.9, despite it being much easier to read today. The reason why? Syllables and sentence length, of course. I hope it's clear then that this test is wildly unreliable to gauge actual readability. I've just demonstrated that a computational model is not sufficient to determine how readable something is beyond measuring syllables and word counts. But what's more, even besides all the computational models, there's something very intuitive about the readability of an NLT, for instance, versus the KJV that transcends what any readability test might be able to tell us. Take, for instance, the following example. Just now, while writing this script, I opened an NLT on my desk to a random location and grabbed the very first couplet of verses I saw. It was Job 34, 16 through 17. Here's what it said. Now listen to me if you are wise. Pay attention to what I say. Could God govern if he hated justice? Are you going to condemn the Almighty Judge? I then checked this in the KJV and it read as follows. If now thou hast understanding, hear this. Hearken to the voice of my words. Shall even he that hateth right govern? And wilt thou condemn him that is most just? They are both accurate translations of the Hebrew text, and they both have their own strengths, but only one of them is in today's vernacular or commonly spoken tongue. So with the readability test idea debunked, I'd like to move to show two reasons why we would benefit from a newer translation besides just general ease of reading. The first reason is because of what's called false friends. A false friend is a word that we think we know what it means, but it meant something else a long time ago. So when we read a verse with a false friend in it, we think we know what the verse means based on what that word means today, but we're actually well on our way to accidentally spewing heresy on Facebook or perhaps starting a cult. In the introductory paragraph to this episode, I quoted from a verse that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. But the word study here is a false friend. Today, study carries a connotative meaning of crack open a book and get learning. But the Greek word here translated into study, spudazzo, broadly means to give effort to something or be diligent. Now, can that be applied to hunting over a book or learning someone's facial features or memorizing directions? Yes. Does it mean that here in this text? No, not at all. So where the familiar King James Version reads, study to show thyself, the NIV reads, do your best to present yourself, or the CSB reads, be diligent to present yourself, thus relating the mind and intent of the biblical author in a way that aids in its proper understanding rather than hindering it with the use of a false friend. Yes, you could call me lazy and look it up in the Greek as I've done, but that's literally what a translation is supposed to do. Author Mark Ward covers this concept very well in his book, 
authorize the use and misuse of the King James Bible, as well as on his online platform. So I won't take up too much time here on this, and we'll instead just link you to his book in the description. Anyhow, there are thousands of these false friends in our King James Bibles, and this is the first reason I think a new translation is necessary for proper understanding of the scriptures for today's Christian. The second reason we shouldn't be requiring Christians to linguistically travel back in time 400 years to understand the scriptures is not only because it's a barrier to comprehension, as I've demonstrated, but it's also inadvertently and subtly conveying the message that the gospel isn't for today. It's the same thing that happens when we step back decades or centuries when we step through the doors of a church. We think that the gospel is from another time for another time, rather than something that transcends time. The gospel is timeless, and we gate it in time by not doing what has always set Christianity apart from other religions of the world, translating the Bible into the common tongue of the people in each age. We will always need the Bible in our vernacular. Now, I recognize that the next objection is, okay, I'll grant that a newer version might be easier to understand, but at what cost? They removed a bunch of verses, they took out the blood, and didn't you know that some of these modern translators were blood-drinking devil worshippers, Freemasons, and Dallas Cowboy fans? Well, while the last accusation is inexcusable if true, I will address those objections in this mini-series, and I do think that there's some literary advantages to the King James Version, which I'll cover as well. However, I've limited my point today to dismantling the false claim that the King James Version is written on a fifth grade level, while at the same time showing you a couple of areas of opportunity for improvement when it comes to clarity. So instead of simply moving to the next objection and saying, yeah, but what about, I invite you to sit and process what I brought to you today. And until next time, stay balanced.